Hi. Bruce Wayne. Are you sure? Okay, welcome to the Filmwork Podcast, and we're continuing with the Batman action. This time I have Ben Pegley with me. Hello, Ben. Hey, Stephen. How's it going? I'm good. This is good. We're going to have Chris Droney doing the animated films with me, and as people have heard last week, they've had the 60s one from Danny, so it's good to get you in to do the 80s, 90s Tim Burton Schumacher days. Indeed. Yeah, so starting in 1989, I remember this, I was 13, wasn't, wasn't this the first film that was a 12 in the cinema? Uh, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, not yeah. on video though, I think the first video or home release 12 was Spider-Man, but I could really? be wrong, oh no no no, Spider-Man was the very first 12A, uh. yeah, whereas Batman was the first 12, but it came out as a 15 on video because they didn't have 12 as a certificate on video back then. And weirdly, the the Blu-ray is a 15, but that might be to do with someone's... Yeah, that's probably because or... of extras, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've noticed that, because even the Batman... Yeah, the second one is also a 15, and yeah. I think the third one is a 12, even though it was a PG in the cinema, and, and so on and so forth. That's but no, I remember this one coming out. I remember being... Because uh, we'd moved to England a few years previous, but we were up in Scotland on a trip in Glasgow... And I remember getting myself a Batman symbol, the yellow and black symbol from the film, yeah. as a as a fridge magnet. Ah. So I got suckered into the whole merchandise hoopla that came along with the film because it was everywhere. It was. I think I remember seeing a news program and they showed the back of some kid's head and he'd had the bat symbol cut into his head, sort of shaved into his, his haircut. Yeah. Yeah. M- more than a few tattoos as well, I'm sure. So, you probably saw this one at the cinema, knowing knowing you. I did, yep. I did. Yep. I saw it with your brother. Really? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, with David. Oh my, oh my God, it is a small world. <laughs> <laughs> Very odd, yeah. Yeah, and I seem to remember his girlfriend uh, fell asleep halfway through it. But then she wasn't She wasn't the type. I'll have to ask him who that was. Anyway, that's completely superfluous to requirement (laughs) (laughs) information wise. Uh, Okay, angry email from my brother. Yeah, we went went to see it uh, uh, double dating, you know, Uh, sort of 18, 18, 19, we were at the time. Yeah, Batman, (laughs) big hype. Yes. Massive. Um, now, I didn't react in any way, shape or form to the casting of Michael Keaton as the the making of material suggests. Apparently everyone was going, boo! But being, yeah. as it wasn't even an internet age back then, I was just kind of like, probably didn't, I don't know, because I knew who he was because I'd seen Beetlejuice. So I think I was probably like, yep, fine, cool. I know him as playing a dark character, so why not this? But yeah. obviously most of the attention was on Jack Nicholson. Well, because of his pay, the payday, yeah, he he, yeah. he negotiated a pretty pretty nice yeah. Uh, a lot of the, the, the top billing. 
That's right, and a lot of the clips they were showing were from him, whether it was You Can Call Me the Joker, to Where Does He Get Those Incredible Toys. Yeah. They tend to be the ones they were showing on the telly as it was coming out. But yeah. I still had to wait for this to come out on video before I saw it, because as I've moaned previously, I never got took to the cinema as a child. Oh. So what was your first impression of it from seeing it? Um, well, it, like I said, you know, the hype around it was pretty enormous. I remember that quite you know, vividly. And for yeah. me, Keaton... Although Beetlejuice had been the year before and I had seen it, um, mm-hmm. and it was dark, but it was very obviously darkly comic, you know. But but I I actually didn't associate him with that as much as I did him with um, Johnny Dangerously, which was a movie that he'd done, which was one of these. It was a kind of mob period mob movie, oh, prohibition right. era type thing, and it, and it was a spoof movie like like uh, Top Secret and Airplane or something. Yeah. And uh, yeah, sort of weird lateral link between him and Val Kilmer there, top secret. Yeah. Anyway, um, so <laughs> yeah, uh, and so I kind of knew him as a as a as a comedy actor, which I think a lot of people did anyway. But but from that rather than Beetlejuice, but but it kind of. But I don't think. I mean, you know, it's a long time ago now, but I don't recall it being something that bothered me particularly. Uh, the only thing that really. Um, uh, kind of bothered me more than that being the typical I mean and I, you know you won't be at all surprised when I say this yeah is, is the fact that he was not you know a big guy you know and he wasn't mm. uh, he didn't have the sort of physique or, or it, it, you know he didn't have the height you know he's not because I don't even think he's six foot no he's five nine wow yeah. oh fuck he's taller than I am because <laughs> <laughs> in some scenes as Bruce Wayne when you see him walking around in his suit I kind of thought that jacket looks kind of long either that or he's got short legs yeah wow this dude is not tall no he's not and uh, mm. and, and it's 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 kind of there's a few instances in the movie where he's uh, fighting you know henchman number three and yeah. you know henchman number five or henchman number seven and, 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 and you know they are noticeably taller than him you know and you sort of think yeah <laughs> and and the, the problem the problem that I have with that now is that um, it, 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 I, I can't quite separate whether you know can't quite sort of distinguish whether I felt that at the time I, I know I felt that I, he, he didn't have the physique for it the physique you know, the, mm. you know he wasn't a kind of imposingly athletic looking guy mm. um, but I'm not sure whether the height thing bothered me at the time or not it certainly bothers me now watching it now I look at it and I think man it's like mini mini Batman you know I don't like his hair in the first one. It's, it's almost mullet-like. Yeah. Almost, not quite, but almost. It's certainly got, you know, it's got a whole ring of 80s, yeah, uh, 80s hairstyle exactly. in there. Yeah, the, you know, the 80s were in full swing and, you know. Well, Jack Nicholson, is that mm. still perfect casting? Or was it ever perfect casting for you? Someone, uh, I think when uh, Dark Knight came out and Heath Ledger was getting all this attention about uh, mm. you know, this, this new Joker and it was like, ah, oh, you know, he's now replaced Jack Nicholson as the ultimate Joker and all this and, and someone somewhere who was very yeah. wise I don't know who it was but someone who, who definitely had a, a, you know a, a something sensible to say was that you know it, it's kind of you know sooner or later there'll be someone else who count comes along and he'll they'll do a different take on Joker and then that'll yeah. be you know whatever so you know Nicholson was this kind of at the time it was great you know it was fantastic and, and and I think the the we only had um, what's his name Cesar Romero was it who played it in the TV series that's right um, we only had him to compare it to really in terms of live action Jokers and so at the time it was great but I think it, it you know the the passage of time and the, and you know all that sort of stuff does have a big effect on these movies and, and uh, yeah 
you know, in lots and lots of ways, you know. But and that's one of them. I think I think I think Nicholson's Joker is kind of. I think I actually preferred uh, his Jack Napier. You know, the guy we had before the before the accident. He seems a more sort of you know believable and 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 kind of interesting character. For the film they made, he he's he's ideal and certainly earns his money and then some uh, he was the reason I, I still think why this film was such a huge hit at the time and he got a, a huge back end deal off the second film as well didn't he Nicholson did he re- I didn't know no I don't yeah know. yeah because yeah. they were originally going to have him in there as a cameo in an early draft I think meeting the penguin but uh, it didn't happen in the end but he still made it or something ridiculous amount of money like 50 to 70 million Wow. Just on the profits of the second film alone, which is pretty unreal. But I like the way this this one starts off because they you know they, they go for the the big and the grand and they've got all the the trimmings in there at the beginning because you open up with this credit sequence that goes over this giant sort of concrete bat symbol that they've created. Yeah. And with that lovely score from Danny Elfman, I have to say I do like Danny Elfman's score from both of these first two films that he's done. Yeah. It, it it really does stand out. And it's it's a wonderful score. It's just a shame about all the fucking Prince songs. I'm really not a fan of Prince, but I'll be fair. I'll say that I think Prince is a very talented person because he can play pretty much most instruments on the planet. So he's got talent, but he just doesn't make the music that I want to hear. And it's quite dated. This stuff. It's certainly very of the the, the 80s ilk. Party man and bat dance and oh, it just yeah. makes me cringe thinking about it. Whereas if I was to buy a CD, it would be of the score. It would not be of the uh, the one with all the songs on it. Yeah. No, well that was a weird thing, wasn't it? It was this kind of strange tie-in that was uh, that was only sort of it was only kind of half really to do with the film and not. Do you, do you know what I mean? There was this yeah, 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 yeah. It was conceptual mainly yeah, yeah. because a lot of the videos that he made were very conceptual, and they were all him running around with. Uh, I, I would say Joker makeup, but he's actually pretty much Harvey Two Face as well because it's always split down the hut and yeah, down half down the middle. Yeah. So it was going for the split personality thing, but in Joker makeup, mm. and that's fine. You know, it worked for selling the product, I guess. But Elfman's score, I'd I'd say this is pretty much his Aliens. You know, if you compare it to James Horner, it's it's not his. Uh, Rafa Khan, but it's definitely his aliens. <laughs> the Batman side. There's enough uh, memorable cues in there. Wonderful. But I think the second one, the, the next one, I think might be even better in my opinion. But eh, we'll see when we get to it. Yeah. Anything else you'd want to say about the music? Um, yeah, I think it was it was um, probably Elfman's. Um, you know, it was his kind of entrance into the big league, wasn't it? This this one. Really, yeah, I yeah, suppose. yeah. Um, certainly, from sort of subjective memory, it was. But. Um, yeah, I mean, the, I, I think the march, the, the Batman march, is is great, and it's sort of yeah. it stands up, you know. It's it, and, it, and you still kind of associate um, that with these series of movies. In fact, you associate it seemingly weirdly with all four of them, but even though it's not in all four of them, I don't think. Um, but um, you do, you just tend to sort of associate that this series of four films with, with Danny Elfman's score, even though mm. uh, you know it's really the, the first two. Yeah. Um, um, and like, and I think I agree. I think when we get to it, I think that the the sort of rehash or the sort of extended, you know, uh, reimagined version that he did for the second movie is probably even better. Yeah, um, yeah. He wasn't completely let off the leash, but I mean, they they obviously spent a bunch of money on it, and they built a hell of a lot of sets. There's some impressive uh, back lots that they've built with streets and to give fairly faithful comic booky look. Yeah, with some decent sets. The models are, are less impressive to look at these days, especially when you get towards the end with the Batwing coming down. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, and like some of the ones that pan right up the top of like skyscrapers and stuff, it's like, yep, yeah, that's a model. But uh, I think the look of it, they did quite well, certainly for 1989. And I do like the fact that they, they suck a viewers in, uh, straight away in the beginning to make you think that it's the Wayne family that are lost on the streets of Gotham, where it's just yes. some random family that get attacked. I was like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. In fact, when I, when I watched that recently, when I, when I you know, watched the movie um, the other day to, to, to do the podcast, mm. um, I hadn't seen the very, very beginning for a while, you know, because I always seem to catch it on TV and it's always a kind of, you know, half yeah. an hour or whatever. And, um, I was watching it, and I and I was for for the brief sort of brief minute, I was kind of confused. I was thinking, yeah, I thought this scene was further on in the movie, <laughs> you know. And then, and then it suddenly twigged, you know, that it was that that's what it was. It was this kind of red herring, you know. Yeah. Um, and then you got the guy from uh, is it from Alveda's own pet or, what, or the British guy who's playing American with one of the thugs. Oh really? Vegas. Yeah. Well, right. Um, doing his American accent, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, yeah, for me it kind of uh, it, it was instantly just way too backlotty looking. You know, it, it just it didn't it didn't look good to me at all. It was like wow, I don't remember it being that kind of. It's it's so backlot looking that it's. Kind of like, <laughs> I think know. it was filmed here as well, wasn't it? Yeah, in the, yeah, the UK, it was the, or something like that. Whereas I think they went back to the states for the second one, but yeah. Indeed, yeah. But I mean, I mean, this one I keep forgetting just how many names are in the film. I mean, Jack Palance um, yeah. as the crime boss, I mean, he's great. You got Porkins. Yeah, Porkins, <laughs> cover me, Porkins. Yeah. And Is apparently. It? Apparently, I found out that he's dubbed. Is he really? So when I was re-watching it, I was sort of paying close attention to his lips, and yeah, he's completely dubbed. Ah. Yeah. Mm. Top man. Yeah, and uh, yeah, <laughs> Billy D. Williams um, playing yeah. Harvey Dent. Yeah. Sadly, not to return in the third film. <laughs> but I never expected that. A lot of people are like, oh, it's going to be supposed to be Billy D. Williams, and I was like, oh, I wasn't actually... I'd forgotten that he was playing Harvey Dent. When the third yeah. one came along, I was like, did he play Harvey Dent? I thought he was just some some guy <laughs> yeah I think it, it was that forgettable it was a little forgettable in terms of what his name was yeah yeah um, indeed yeah um, yeah good cast um, mm. I mean one of the weird though you know because that it, someone said um, in fact I think on the extra someone quoted a, a, a George Martin um, uh, quote that when he was talking about the Beatles and saying the Beatles yeah. were of their time you know the, the best thing that happened to them was the fact that they had this amazing they came about just at the right time you know and it was yeah and and this movie is it, you know he was saying that that this was the same about this movie and i agree but I, but one of the things that kind of is really apparent with with the casting in the movie is how of its time it is because you know a lot of the a lot of the characters in it other people in it w- won't be major players in the 90s you know they would like you that's know, right it, it was so very much of its time is you know Odd, in fact. <laughs> although many, of, although when you think about it, many of them would go on to win Oscars. Kim Basinger, Jack Palance, and Jack Nicholson all went on to win Oscars. <laughs> oh yeah, in the, well, in Nicholson the 90s. Is perennial, but I mean, uh, yeah, but I think I think even when Basinger um, won her Oscar, she was already, you know, it was that it was like one of those. Oh, we, we're going to give, you know, she's already kind of had her peak do you know what I mean or not, oh god yeah like, she had you know, you know, <laughs> it was like she's definitely of the 80s you know it's, it, it's, yeah you know, yeah yeah definitely um, uh, I, didn't, I didn't like her in this I thought she was terrible oh I didn't mind her she's well, just because she, she becomes she's supposed to be a bloody photographer and she's not very good <laughs> 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 and spends most of her time stalking Bruce Wayne 
uh, mm. um, as opposed to you know finding out what's going on with the Batman. But eh, well, mm. um, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, um, I think J- Jack Nicholson pretty much gets all the standout scenes, but they're so at a heightened level that it's just unreal. You know, the whole you know wait till they get a load of me, which is followed by a very Caesar Romero laugh. I, I noted. Yeah, <laughs> it's more Romero than than people remember it as. I think. Yeah. Weirdly. Um, even down to his look as well. Yeah, I was paying close attention to his henchman, Bob, though, yeah. when I rewatched it. Yeah, Bob the Goon. But yeah. he's, he's not much of a bodyguard because there's a scene when they're in an alleyway and they meet up with Porkins and they threaten him at the beginning. Yeah. And Porkins gets his gun out and then Bob gets his gun out. Hides behind Jack. <laughs> he uses Jack as a shield. I'm like, what the fuck are you yeah. doing standing yeah. in front of him? That is yeah. one way to interpret his position. So at, the end, yeah. Yeah, so at the end, when the Joker blows him away, I was like, well, he kind of deserved it. He was rubbish at his job. <laughs> Otherwise, he would have found out why he had those things and told him. He didn't deliver it. The lines that he had, I didn't think he was. He delivered very well either. I don't, I don't think they were too great. Um, Bob's lines? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the interesting thing about this movie is uh, for me is how much it sort of you know the idea at the time was you know to make the dark knight you know to make a, ba- a batman film that was much more in keeping with the, the the dark and brooding uh you know um comic book character and all that and and yeah and really you know cast away the whole adam west uh you know debacle and the campiness and all that and um Oh, I, mean, it, I don't mean I'm not. I don't mean to cast a person on that and rest stuff. I love that, but you know, it's it's it, that's one thing, and you know, Batman's another. I know and, some people are trying to rally him getting a cameo in the in the new Batman film, just as a sort of a, a thank you to the work that he'd done. Yeah, Mayor of Cohog, why not? Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I, oh god, I remember when this film was announced and they were making it. He was interviewed on British Breakfast TV. Yeah, no, and he was like outdoors somewhere, and they were talking. The people in the studio were talking to him, and like, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I'd love to get the call." And and then they, they ended it in a really cheesy way, where a phone rings, and then someone hands him a phone, and he answers. He goes, "Hello," and then he sort of gives the thumbs up to the camera, and it ends. And it's like, "Oh my god, <laughs> someone's <laughs> dignity just went out the window." Oh, god. Yeah, because he was like late fifties or something, wasn't he? I don't know. Something yeah. like that. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, wasn't going to happen, pal. But I mean, but, it's basically yeah. just scene after scene after scene of the Joker basically losing his nut mm. in the middle of this film. Oh, we should mention Alfred as well. Yeah. Michael Goff, who, yeah. uh, him and Commissioner Gordon are the only actors, that I think, that run through all four films. They do. Yeah, and I think he's at his best in this film, because uh, even at the very beginning, when you've got Bruce Wayne at that party that he's hosting, mm-hmm. he's just sort of walking around, not paying attention, dropping pens there, putting drinks down there, and Alfred's following behind him, yeah. picking all these mess up after him. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, it's a and you bit of, uh, yeah. Yeah, you don't get all that in the the sort of sequels as they get a bit more daft. Yes, they but do. Uh, but having said that, he Alfred does commit the the sin of letting Vicky Vale in the Batcave, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. Yeah, he just lets it right in there. But I mean, even the second film makes fun of it because Bruce Wayne drops a line, man. He's like, "Oh yeah, who the hell did you let in the Batcave last time?" Well, the thing is, it's it's actually the whole thing with with Alfred desperately trying to match make with with you know some you know chick du jour and and bruce it is a, is a trope that's in all in the first three films i think it's not i don't think it's in the last one but it's in the, the first, definitely in the first three mm. it's yeah. like, you know maybe it's time master Wayne. yeah <laughs> there you go back off alfred <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i remember I said to you that uh, before we did this that 
I had a sneaky suspicion that this film is dated quite badly, and mm. certainly effects-wise, it's really dated oh, badly. God, yeah. Yeah. But I was still finding some things that I liked, um, even th- little things like uh, when he has rescued Vicky Vell and he takes her back to the Batcave. That's a nicely shot sequence of it driving through the trees because mm. it's basically adding to the you know the mystique of it all of uh, of Batman. Um, until he gets her back there, and the bat cave itself is pretty good because it's you, obviously you've got bats hanging everywhere, and I literally paid attention and in all the scenes that follow that that are set in the bat cave, there's always bats hanging in around the scenery, yeah. um, which was a nice touch. They couldn't have been easy to wrangle because you can see them moving about and twitching and stuff, and they, I'd, I'd seriously doubt they were robotic. <laughs> no, although yeah, yeah. I suppose it could have been some. But yeah, no, the effects, the models, completely dated. Um, some of the action was okay, but I wouldn't say it was great. Mind you, you've got the second unit director on this uh, did Rambo 3. Mm. I was going to say went on to do Rambo 3, but he was actually coming off Rambo oh, 3. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the dude gets shot twice. Uh, yeah. You know, like, to the ground shot, you know, mm. um, which is kind of weird. I mean, that that whole scene with the, where he's at, at Vale's apartment and gets shot... And he's put the the silver tea tray or whatever it is in his shirt. Yeah, I mean, let's you know, go nuts. <laughs> yeah, that that's kind of like wow, man. You know, what if he aimed at your head? You know, uh, it's like, uh, yeah, it is such a silly thing. It's like, oh, okay, well, let, you know, that's like wow, that's such a big give there. I'm not a Burton. Fo- Are you a fan of Tim Burton? Um, no, I'm not. I'm really not. He's he's pretty much become a byproduct of his own creativity. It's like he's a, a watered down and neutered version of himself because he's you know he's using far too much CGI effects these days and not enough practical. And his character designs are literally you know two bit sketches of his former creativity. It's embarrassing watching this stuff these days. Mm. I just can't get into it. There's the occasional blip on the radar that's like all oh, right, that kind of reminds me of what he used to be like. But even mm. when I look at the old stuff, it's like well, even Beetlejuice, um, I don't own, and I've got no intention of running out and buying it. The, these Batman films. As I say about this one, is this first one is seriously dated. Mars Attacks isn't as funny as I did used to think it was, and that kind of leaves what for me? Sleepy Hollow? That was all right. I'm not a fan of Edward Scissorhands, and I'm certainly not a fan of Ed Wood. Not a big fish fan? No, I saw that and I thought, well, that was Edward Scissorhands meets Forrest Gump. Mm. That was actually the last one of his I actually saw at the flicks and, and, and enjoyed. Oh right, um, uh, mine. I think it was Sleepy Hollow. I went to see at the cinema, mm. and that was fine. That was yeah. that was a good laugh. That had a nice, enough dark touches to it, and that had a blend of practical and CGI. Yes, but you know, you look at something like Alice in Wonderland now, and it's like, good god. But anyway, let's not uh, rag too much on about the rest of his back catalogue. Well, there you go. That's the uh, Tim Burton retrospective. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but for this film, I think for the time, what was this? His third film. Like After Pee Wee and Beetlejuice, I think he did a good enough job, but it has seriously, seriously dated. So, as you say, in reference to that quote you were saying about earlier, obviously someone was going to come along and redo this much better, which is what Chris Nolan did over the last yeah. sort of eight years. But these ones, would I watch this one again? Yeah, I'd watch it again. I just don't hold it in as high regard as I used to. No, but I mean, I, 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 I'd probably pick you up on on the idea of of you know. I mean, I'm not sure it's it's kind of a little bit um, disingenuous to, to sort of say, well, Chris Nolan came along and did it better. I mean, I, I think he did it differently. And yeah. and and what he did is a direct result of what went, what came before. So it's kind of, yeah. you know, it, I, I think it is of its time. And I think that um, 
the problem with watching it now is that you do now have the Nolan films as well to conf- compare it to, and you've got a, a whole other level of 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 uh, you know sort of reality based or you know really trying to kind of get get granular with 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 the character and all that. I'm actually twice as unfair with this one because I don't just compare it to the Nolan ones, which I do think are wonderful. Yeah. I also compare it to DC's other big franchise, Four Way Superman, mm-hmm. which, as we've already discussed with the first Superman still stands up strongly today and we very recently gave it the gold star award on the ver- this very website we this film isn't getting that no definitely not but you can definitely see parallels between the four batman films and the four superman ones they pretty much go downhill they do they do yes uh and on the third one they get very silly where he fights an, an evil twin and then the fourth one is just campy and nasty and well we'll get there but yeah but i also compare it to the superman uh, franchise because this was literally the next big comic book movie starter since Superman the movie and uh, as we've already discussed we can both look back on the Superman one and go whoa that's still just fantastic yeah. whereas this one it, this one is it's fun but it ain't great yeah I mean I think the um, yeah I mean I th- I, I, the, the problem with is that of course Super, you know, Superman Quest for Peace had pretty much killed you know superhero movies it was so bad and it was only mm. two years before this and by comparison, this is a revelation. Yeah. Um, I think the, you know, and it, and, it, and it did really have the sort of, you know, it kick-started the whole thing off again. And in the 90s, we, you know, you had every bloody superhero straight to video, you know, whether it's The Flash or whatever, you know, coming out. It, it kind yeah. of started that whole thing off again. Um, and, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you'd never give this the, uh, the, the gold star. I, I mean, it probably would have been a five-star movie for me originally, uh, and th- pro- probably throughout the nineties, and you know, and all that. But definitely watching it now, you you kind of think, wow, actually, it's a, it's so much more campy and silly than it than I remember it being. Yeah. Um, I hate this stuff about it that I really don't like. Like I, I hate the big long barreled gun that you, one shot takes down the Batwing. And you're like, yeah, well, really? <laughs> Come on, you know. Um, that's, that, right. that's so dumb. Yeah, that's um, right. Well, Jim Carrey takes it out with a ray of light in the third one. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it wouldn't stand up. But then again, you know, like, again, I mean, show me... I mean, I think... I don't know why Superman, the original Superman, gets... You know, it, what it is about it that transcends its time. Because it's... Because it, you can level the same criticisms at it. You know, everyone's in the flares and wacko collars and, and you yeah. know, the, the, the scene where he pushes the stone off the thing and saves the the village from the water I mean it's the like, model you know, city it's dreadful really when you look yeah. at it but you know it doesn't pass muster but but you forgive all those things for some reason and you don't forgive them when you watch Batman and I don't really know why yeah um, before we move on to the next one do you think that Michael Keaton makes a good Batman and Bruce Wayne um I don't think he has enough screen time as either to to make a, a, a massively impressive you know either um, I think the suit was a bit odd uh, yeah. in the first one. They really got it right in the second one. Just yeah, it was the muscle suit in the first one. They went armoured on the second. Yeah, but I mean the yeah. cowl, the cowl in particular yeah, yeah, in yeah. the second one is so good. It's so good. And and in the first one, it's like, ooh, that looks just, it looks like a big fat kind of... It's kind of I think he, he's got a good expression on his face mm. as Batman. But as we've said, he's, he's certainly not tall enough. But they try and hide that with some of the camera angles. They just could have yeah. hidden it better with some of the stunt doubles. And I think, like you said, you know, his hair and stuff is a little bit too of its time. I mean, you know, the, mm. I think... 
by the time we get to Val Kilmer's turn, you know, when, when they have him, you know, as Bruce, you know, his hair yeah. is very, it's much more kind of, um, it, it doesn't matter. It's kind of fairly casual. It doesn't, it's not awful. You don't look at it and go, wow, that's so 90s. You know, yeah. it, it's just kind of a bit more timeless. Whereas I think, uh, uh, you know, with Batman, with Keaton, it was like, whoa, it's, <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, yeah. But he yeah. doesn't have that much to, to do. I mean, this was this was Nicholson's show, right? You know, top billing, yeah. paid the most. He's the one everyone's looking at, and and Batman is sidelined. And I think, I think that's kind of part. It, it's kind of the, um, it's kind of the the the, uh, the thing with with Batman is in that, especially it's very easy to do that because, of course, he is the sort of brooding, you mm. know, doesn't say a lot type. Or he, he can be like that, you know, and you, and that's why you have to give. Uh, you know, you have to give the material to to um, to Bruce Wayne, not Batman. Yeah. You know, and that's what the Nolan movies does much better is is to give yeah much more credence to to the Bruce Wayne character. Well, sh- uh, shall we rate this one then? Let's go. I think I'm I'm a fairly sort of easy down the middle three these days for this one. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, I think it's a three. It's not bad. It's yeah. uh, it's got a lot of terrible stuff in it. It's got a lot. Of, it's mainly got a lot of dated stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. Time has but not it been is, kind to but, it. Yeah, but so is the sixties film, and I only gave that two. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so a three. My name is not Oswald. It's Penguin. I am not a human being. I am an animal, cold blooded. I am. Let's consummate our fiendish union. To destroy Batman, we must first turn him into what he hates the most. Namely, us. You mean frame up? Three years on where Keaton and Tim Burton came back for the sequel and I got very 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 excited about this one uh, Batman Returns mm-hmm. and this was in my heyday of watching the the America's Top Ten yeah. recording that you know as it was on at three o'clock in the morning and I remember the first teaser trailer it's brilliant I love it and it's not on the DVD it wasn't on the Blu-ray and it got me right in the mood as did the uh, the poster when it came out with you know with the three heads yeah. of the, of the leads, and I think uh, Burton certainly you know became a bit more familiar with the material, honing it more towards his sort of stylistic Definitely. way of thinking, mm-hmm. and having the Penguin in particular as one of the arch nemesis really helped that because you've got this cir- the Red Circus gang, uh, the Penguins themselves, 
and then obviously you've got the feminist angle thrown in there with Catwoman so the bat, the cat and the penguin um, yeah no when I first saw this I totally fell in love and there was no stupid fucking Prince songs there was a wonderful new score by Danny Elfman and there was a song written by Susan Banshees who yeah, um, I would say this film partially responsible for getting me into them because I'd not been a Susan Banshees fan growing up as a, a youngster you know under the age of 10 in the 80s mm-hmm. but at the age of what 16 when this came out they had just released an album called Superstition which had the song Face to Face which appears on this film which I love and I think they'd also released a single called Kiss Them For Me which I'd heard on the radio by accident and went out and bought so I became a Susie and the Banshees fan yeah and uh, yeah I mean you only hear it in the background playing in a a wonderful scene between Michael Keane and Michelle Pfeiffer when they meet at the Masquerade Bowl, which we'll come to later on. Otherwise, you have to wait till like almost the end of the credits to hear the song properly. <laughs> so it's not as featured as the Prince songs were in the, in the first film. No. No, I was well away with this one. Um, it gets criticised for being too dark. Not necessarily for content, but just for actually just being too dark. <laughs> but I think that, that just comes out of the design of it, because you look at it, it's, it's got uh, something that Joel Schumacher literally took hold of and ran apeshit with in the sequels which is having these giant statues amongst the city yeah because although in this one it appears they've only got one outdoor set which is like the square with a few back alleys going off everything seems, seems to take place there when they're doing stuff outdoors but um, yeah you've got all this it's almost like a, or no it probably is I'm pretty sure he says this on the documentary very German expressionists sort of stuff going on yeah also the design Eastern of the European world. sort of Soviet yeah. type stuff yeah 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 definitely definitely all that um, which is good. It gives it a good feel, a good look. And um, but does Michael Keaton get more to do in this one? Because mm. even when we first see him, he's sort of sitting in his chair looking bored. <laughs> <laughs> Until the bat light comes along, he's like, oh, yeah. oh, 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 well, I can do something now, can I? <laughs> um, how, did you see this one at the cinema? Oh, of course, yeah. Did you go with my brother? <laughs> no, I didn't. No, no. By the time uh, this one came out, I, I was at college and uh, we'd sort of drifted away, really. It didn't really oh. seem much for each other. But uh, yeah, no, I saw it at the flicks. Um, yeah, it was. Um, it, I, I, at the time, I was very much, you know, thinking, "Wow, this, you know, the, this is just great." You know, it's uh, mm. I, it kind of just seemed to solve quite a lot of the problems of the of the first one um, in some ways. I, I liked the, the the darkness, you know, the the kind of, you know, it was it was more visceral, you know, mm. it was it was nastier. It was, I mean, you know, the penguin was yeah. def- definitely a quite a, um, a loathsome repulsive character, repulsive and. You know, yeah. and there's some, there's some, you know, there's goo and blood and you know whatever. <laughs> Green slime coming out of his face most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether, um, whether he's eating raw fish or not. Oh, he really got into the part, didn't he? He did, yeah. But I've got to say though that the more I watch this film, the more I just fall in love with Michelle Pfeiffer's performance. Because yeah. when I first saw this, I was like, I don't get interested in sword and cat women, eh, whatever. But she is, she's just magical, isn't she? And mm. I don't think any, I think she tops anyone that's come before her, and they've yet to beat it. <laughs> that Haley we'll Bear, Haley, <laughs> yeah, God. But the yeah. outfit is still because we were watching this the other day. Uh, I was with my other half, and we were literally watching it and just in awe talking about this costume because it just looks, it still looks so good. And it's mm. also the the makeup she's got on her face that helps carry her. Yes, with around the eyes and then the the lips as well. She just looks great, and she's got some of the best scenes. That scene 
when because she goes home doesn't she yeah from a hard day and then she's forgotten to do something at the office and now she's coming in she's like you know feeding the cats and listening to the answer phone and getting you know pissed off you know um so she runs back to the office and then that's when she's attacked you know attacked that's when she's confronted by her boss and then presumably murdered mm-hmm. christopher Walken, who will come to in a bit yeah. and it's when she returns home again after being awoken by all these cats it's almost a repeat of the scene that you had before yes. but it's like this zombified version because you know she's got a cut on her forehead she's very pasty looking and she's very robotically feeding the cats and it's all flowing everywhere and hitting the answer machine and then it's when she hears a message about a beauty advert or something about hey if you wear this then your boss will be asking you to stay after hours and that that just pushes her over the edge and then she starts trashing her apartment and the music score that is playing that cue made me go out and buy the cd well, that and the Susan Abanti song was on there too. <laughs> but I did. I bought the score for this one on CD, and that music cue is fantastic, and she plays that scene so well. She does, yeah. Because after that, I actually cut. You only get her. You only actually see her as Catwoman in about six scenes. Some of them are quite long, admittedly. Mm. But no, she. I think she's absolutely terrific and unbeatable. This is uh, the best role that I'd ever seen her in. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, and up, well, up until this point, to her, to me, who was she? She's like, oh, she's that girl in the film, The Fabulous Baker Boys, that I'm not interested in seeing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, rom coms and various, you know, what was it, Married to the Mob? She was in and stuff like that. Anyway, but um, uh, yeah. Well, I'm I've never been a, a a major fan of hers before or since this. Um, in in terms of you know other movies, I, I think I probably watched. Was it Frankie and what is it? Oh, it was her second sequel as well. She did Grease 2. <laughs> yeah, she was Grease 2, yeah. Um, you know, and uh, certainly wasn't a fan of hers going into this movie in terms of, you know, oh, yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer, or really fancy her. Yeah, um, I mean, or anything yeah. like that. And, but, yeah, she is, um, she's like, a, she's something else in this. And uh, and it's it's that combination of, of the look and the, the outfit, the makeup, the acting, you know, yeah. and, and the writing, obviously, um, she's just made made a big impression in, as Catwoman. She was she was awesome, she, and she still is. Yeah. Watching that, watching the movie just the other day, she yeah. still is great. She, it's, she it is, she is, diminished at all. And I note there about the writing. Uh, I mean, they had the the guy that wrote the last one, Sam Ham, come back, but the screenplay was then co written and then handed over to Daniel Waters who wrote uh, one of my favourite films Heathers Uh Heathers. Uh, and also Heathers producer uh, Denise Denovi was also a producer on this so uh, Tim Burton had obviously been impressed by their work on Heathers and uh, pulled them over (laughs) I think that and uh, I think Meet the Applegates I think she'd done as well with the same director as Heathers which was weird very weird Yeah. yeah Yeah, that was very weird. Yeah, no, no. I mean, there's some. I mean, you can see it in the dialogue. There's some choice lines in here. There's yeah. no, not no. It could have been done very campy. There were very, very. They they walked a very, very sort of thin razor's edge of uh, either go, going either way. But I think with the tone that they done visually, uh, and with the performances combined with the screenplay, they managed to pull it off. As opposed to what happens in the films that follow, you could blame those films for the lines that are in there. And boy, am I gonna! Mm-hmm. But this one, you could do the, the same with some of the like, you know, her, some of her feline or cat-related lines, or some of the penguins' lines, you know, relating to you know who he is. Um, but now they get away with it, I think. They do. I think the quality of the writing is 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 much higher though in this one yes you know, it is much higher yes. and I think some of the key scenes especially the key scenes between 
you know, Selena Kyle and, and Bruce Wayne, the one in the, the 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 dance, for example, when they discover who who each other is and everything. It's mm-hmm. so well judged. You know, that it, is the scene that I was talking about with Susie's in the yeah. background. It's yeah, a, that's it, one of my favourite scenes in the film. Yeah, it's not overwritten either. It's not that's overwritten. Right. It's not overacted. It's it's just done in such a mm. good way that it, that it, it you know that, that's yeah. still good. It's, you watch that and you think, yeah, that there you go. Yeah, you know. It gets yeah, it gets me every time with that because he's just been confronted by uh, Christopher Walken's uh, Max Shrek at the party, and it's a masquerade ball party, and literally Bruce Wayne and Selina Cole are the only two not wearing masks. Yes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. and it's literally the moment that because um, they're listening to some sort of sort of funky version of "You Can't Touch This" being played by a band that are there. Um, or something like that and literally the moment that song finishes is when Christopher Walken exits and then in comes Selena Kyle to the, the tune of Susie and the Banshee's coming up mm-hmm. and she comes down those stairs and it's lit just the way that they see each other and approach each other start dancing and then as you say the dialogue that happens between them is uh, magical yeah. possibly eclipsed in the last uh, of the Nolan Batman films when uh, they have a dance Selena Kyle and uh, Bruce Wayne early on yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I've, I have to say, I don't know about you, but I think Christopher Walken almost steals the film as Max Shrek <laughs> with me with his mad hair. Yeah, and he's got some very colourful dialogue as well. But oh my god, I think he's fantastic. He's awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And his son, I know. I don't know why I noted this down. Oh, that's right, because it was another connection to Denise Denovi because she was also a producer on um, Hudson Hawk. <laughs> right. And I think Daniel Waters did some writing work on Hudson Hawk as well. But the actor from Hudson Hawk that played Butterfingers, one of the candy bars, he plays Walken's son in this. Right, cheers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the big lunk, yeah. Yeah, the big lunk. <laughs> I love that they cast someone like that as well. That yeah, because you've got this sort of you know the only person that that Shrek cares about in the world is this is this guy you know this kid and, the, and the, you know, his son and all that and they and they and they pick this. Fucking great lunkhead <laughs> chunk of a guy to play the part. Yeah. That's great. That's, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's quite. It's uh, did quite... you know that Stan Winston designed the penguin? I did. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, 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 and, and the big sort of animatronic ones and all that and stuff. Mm. Yeah. yeah, this is the, one of the things that that doesn't work for me actually in the, in the movie is is mm. that last, you know, the final reel, you know, the, the kind of the, the apocalypse reel, you know, yeah. the whole okay well you know it's all gone pear shaped so now I'm going to send my penguins out with their you know that whole bit kind of it loses me a little bit um, yeah it doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense but then mm. it doesn't make sense to me that because uh, you, you picture this Selena Kyle is getting her uh, her rage on at the beginning and she goes to the Shrek's department store to tear at a new one meanwhile Batman is outside fighting the army of clowns and guys on bikes which culminates on uh, with Batman meeting the Penguin, and Batman literally just outing him, going, "I, you know, you're responsible for this, and I'm going to figure it out." Blah blah blah. Yeah. And then out of the blue, Catwoman comes up and does that line, "Meow," and then mm-hmm. the department store blows up. Yeah. The Penguin then sods off. Catwoman climbs up a building. Batman goes up a building, and then out of nowhere, Catwoman starts attacking him. Why is she attacking Batman? Indeed. Yes. I, I, I've always thought. Why is she, she? She's not just fighting him because he's, he's a dude. She's not angry at every dude, but for some reason she's attacking him. That makes no fucking sense. <laughs> um, but okay, maybe yeah. she thought he was going to chase after her. There's a few holes in the plot like yeah. that. 
but you forgive it just because it's so I was going to say colourful but is <laughs> it anything but colour in this film mm. Doug Jones is also in the cast playing a thin clown Oh, yes, there we are. Yeah, I saw his name as the credits. I was basically just literally waiting for that Susie the Banshee song to start in the credits. I refused to turn off until I heard the song, and then I saw his name in the credits. I was like, oh, right, Doug Jones. Yeah. <laughs> How did you think they handled the feminist angle? Um, Because well, you get like early scenes of like her trying to you know chip in with some advice yeah. in uh, the business meetings and being like, eh, she makes a great cup of coffee, though, kind of stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, I, don't, I, I never had a problem with that. I mean, I think that it's interesting that they never actually get... She never actually gets to say her suggestion, you know, not even to herself. You know, That's when, right. When she says, oh, I have a suggestion. Um, I think I think it's important that, that Selena is a wallflower the way she is bef- before she has, the, you know, before she's murdered and becomes Catwoman. I think it's important that they paint her that way. And, yeah, and the with with the whole kind of reinvention as Catwoman, um, you know, being this kind of um, you know liberating experience, and, and and I think in some ways the the kind of conflict with Catwoman in terms of is she a goodie, is she a baddie, is sort of it is to uh, sort of to do with that whole kind of coming to terms with that strength and and uh, and sort of um, yeah. you know the, the, all the power that she has not had before you know not exercised before because it because because of being the wallflower that she was and i think it's quite interesting the way they they do it but but i think with any movie that has you know obviously your lead characters you know three main leads plus you know the sort of you know the shrek max shrek and you know all all this stuff going on you're not going to have even in two hours you're not going to have um you know a massive amount of sort of that kind of stuff that that really pulls that apart um but I think it's. I mean, I didn't. Have, I didn't have a problem with that. But, but then going, you know, I'm, I'm a dude, so I mean, I'm just looking at the the, the plastic. It's very much <laughs> the the starts off with the woman in a man's world kind of thing. Yeah, you've got her on one side, you know, trying to, you know, be a part of that world and work and etc. And then on the other side, you've got this sort of fake side of it where you've got characters like the Ice Princess, whoever she is, you know, the lady that turns yeah. on the the Christmas tree, just being woo fake and glamorous and all into about getting her picture taken. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. No, I think she's good, and I, I think in terms of the the you know the early nineties and the sort of you know empowered fe- feminine role, I think that um, I think she was good. But I mean, the, the I, I do th- it is interesting that. That um, you know, with with you know, with Catwoman and Batman, you've got these two sort of figures, you know, and of course, you know, Batman has all the toys. You know, Batman has all the money, and and everything is sleek and 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 you know, designed and manufactured and and brilliant. And you know, Catwoman is all homemade and and you know, broken and you know, half working and you know, and and I, I remember sort of thinking that that was. You know whether there was sort of a significance to that in terms of the male female and the and the, the feminist uh, angle, yeah. you know. But but I, I am certainly not qualified to really sort of you know um, really pull that apart myself. But I mean, I certainly you know enjoyed the the character and the performance on levels that weren't just about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. As for Burton himself, I think it, it was a, a much, much more tremendous effort. Just the attention to the little details. I remember making notes about, yeah, you know, when they dismantled Batman's car and stick a bomb on there. Yeah. 
you get you know you get a couple of little random shots of them like retooling his car, working on it, and they've got some really interesting looking gadgets. This circus gang, mm. some very very interesting, and it looks like that you know they'd probably be just be really impractical for anything, but it's just the way they're designed. It's just you can just tell that that's Burton putting his you know his attention to detail into the the props that are used, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah, and I think he, he he spent a lot of time on the the character of the penguin as well because he's so fucking perverted. This guy, yeah. 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 <laughs> he's like the biggest so pervert ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you about his uh, what do you like his uh, his entourage of the, the you know the circus gang? You've got the the tall guy, uh, the organ grinder. That's it, and then uh, poodle lady. <laughs> Poodle yes, lady, who's she's on the funny, thing. isn't she? She sort of just doesn't really do anything. Except she does the, the she does the whole two minutes and yeah, counting type yeah. voice at the end. Yeah, that's right. Just leaves him to it. He's yeah. just left with the monkey. And you've got the, fat, a the fat clown guy who sort of has a change of uh, heart at the end and gets shot for it or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, the, the ending I always feel slightly disappointed about because the, the way the penguin gets taken out, I didn't like. Um, you know, they have a bit of a face off in the snow, and then he basically just falls into a vat of um, chemicals. Yeah. But when I first saw it, I didn't realise they were chemicals. So when he came out of the water afterwards, I was like, "Wait a minute! He came out of the water. He landed in water, so he should be safe. He's come out, and then he falls over dead." Mm. Huh? <laughs> I didn't realise he'd fallen into a vat of uh, you know the toxic or whatever it was. But much more exciting was the confrontation between Selena Kyle and Max Shrek. Yes. I yes. found. Because he's like, what is it, your officer? Money, jewels, or a very big ball of string? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. And it's great because um, when Batman tries to interject and tears off his mask, oh, worth noting that, that, yeah, with the, with, the eye, with the eye makeup that's suddenly <laughs> missing from behind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, cheating there. Yeah, absolutely. But I love it because she tears off her mask as well, and it's literally Walken's response because he's like Bruce Wayne what are you doing dressed up as Batman yeah. um, and then he goes to her and he goes Selena Carl you're fired <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know what he, he he does this thing he's doing this thing where, where he does so well that I actually I I, I think that whenever you watch uh, um, whenever I watch uh, that, that what was that Sandra Bullock um, the one where she's a beauty queen oh God, Miss Congeniality Yes, Shatner in in Miss Congeniality is man of the match, right? Because he spends most of the time sort of looking around at sort of in this sort of puzzled way, of like he just can't quite understand what's happening, and he's but he's smiling anyway. And yeah, uh, yeah this sort of uh, you know, and, and it reminds me of um, you know, it reminded me of Shrek, Max Shrek, when I watched when I first saw Miss Congeniality because of that yeah. that very scene where he's going, you know, why are you just yeah, <laughs> yeah, he just, just doesn't get it at all, him. you know, and. Uh, uh, penny dropping is not happening when uh, Walken does that stuff so well I think um, Alison Goldfrapp must have modelled her look on Michelle Pfeiffer in this scene because her hair's all frizzy and sticking yeah. out and I saw Goldfrapp on stage a couple of years ago and I was like oh, she's got the old Selena Cole hair going but yeah no, I think I think the way she takes that Max Shrek is pretty class so I, mean, I think this one ends nice enough and it sort of uh, calls back to the first film but instead of seeing Batman on top of the building you see the Catwoman looking at the bat sign in the sky, don't you? Yes, you do. Not her, though. It's oh, really? Pfeiffer. Yeah, it was someone else that they put in the suit because they didn't have that shot. Yeah. Tot, tot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Weirdly, weirdly, the... the I mean, I, I think anyone listening to this uh, podcast can tell that we're going to give this film a, a better rating than the first one. Um, yep. It And weirdly, I, I was checking the... Um, 
you know the the, school, the kind of general consensus, you know, the IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes and stuff. And it's kind of weird that IMDb is, is scores the first one higher, and but Rotten Tomato, Tomatoes has this has this one higher. Yeah, well, really? Yeah. Yeah, I thought people generally like this. I know people liked this less when it first came out. It made a little bit less money, and a lot of people yeah. were like, "Oh, my McDonald's cup is so black looking. It's wrong." Well, Where's that, all that the, was the a big joy? Controversy, wasn't it? Because it was. That the, was. Yeah. Um, I had no issue, but I've always preferred this one. Even but since I first saw it, um, for the very reasons that I've stated, and although this one again has, in places is dated, it's not dated as badly as the first one. No, not not at all. At least you know Burton got to pick a style, a, a solid style, and he got to run with it from start to finish. So good for him. Yes, the script is a bit messy, but there's a lot of characters and dialogue to really sort of soak up in in most scenes. Yeah. And again, the the person that loses, I think, really is Keaton because uh, again he's overshadowed by everybody. Yeah. Yeah. He's not necessarily bad, but he just doesn't stand out. The poor fucker. No. Um. Yeah. I mean, the the problem. I find what you know with, with with watching the sort of the way these movies go and but the way they were about to go was it's kind of like you know I, I've said this before about when when we when you talk about these movie series you know the the one begets the next you know and and everything has a sort of knock on effect and I think that one of the problems with Batman Returns is you know because of the the way it it is with the with the dark the darkness and the kind of the fact that he did have much more of a free reign to just do what he wanted and turn the film in that he wanted to turn in more or less um you yeah, know this is what led to you know what happened with the next movies and him not doing any more of them and um and it's kind of like it's like the empire strikes back of of of, of batman you know it's like i think it's you know it's the best one in the same way i think the empire strikes back is the best star wars movie um, but it kind of you had to pay, you know. It it, it was exacted a heavy toll, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I always heard that he said, "Oh, I'm not coming back if Tim Burton's not coming back." Tim Burton did come back as a producer. Did, yeah. <laughs> well, all right then. Well, let's rate this one. I'm yeah, a good solid four for this. Yeah, me too. I'm afraid Master Dick has uh, gone travelling. He boosted the Jag. Not the Jaguar. The other car. Bentley. No, sir. The other car. Riddle me this, riddle me that. Who's afraid of the big black band? Gotham's finest. Joel Schumacher came on as director, Val Kilmer came in as Batman, 
Yeah, this one, yeah, the, the teaser poster says it all. The Batman logo with a big fucking question mark over the top of it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I have I have issues with but I've, I've had issues with this one since it came out. It's not one that I sort of started to dislike over time. I've always had issues with this one since when I first saw it. Because straight away, by the end of the film, it was like, wow, Jim Carrey playing the Joker and Tommy Lee Jones playing the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's something not right. Uh, and it is pretty much the Jim Carrey show, this one, I think. That might be unfair in some places, but I think he was the one that pretty much stole most of the the show and the lines, and I don't necessarily mean that in a good way. But uh, but it, it, was much, it was very much an event movie when it came out, didn't it? Mm. Because, as you've mentioned to me previously, there was a massive soundtrack attached to this. Yes. song-wise from major bands because this was a time of releasing a, a hit soundtrack album with songs from and inspired by a movie <laughs> yes. so it was basically what, 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 two it was, it was Kiss from a Rose from Seal which I'm not sure is even that's in right. the movie um, that's at the end credits oh, right, I think okay. um, yeah. and of course um, Hold Me Kiss Me Through and Will You Kill Me yeah, Kiss from a Rose was a re-release though yes it was yeah yeah yeah. Uh, but which is I don't know whether that's possibly something to do with Kilmer because he I know he did that with um, one of the other films with the sneaker pimps with Six Underground it was him that got oh, that really? re-released yeah alright yeah so I, I, you know it was uh, whatever happened to Seal I don't know I mean last time uh, last time I saw him he was um, <laughs> he was working out in the gym that my, a friend of mine uh, used to work out which is a long oh, time really? ago but yeah maybe maybe him singing Who Wants to Live Forever and murdering it at the Freddie Mercury concert just kind of ruined things for him oh my god really oh that was before yeah. this wasn't it so maybe not alright <laughs> oh, well maybe we'll see him on the 80s Rewind tour yeah so yeah you had that song and you had the U2 song which is great which is on the end credits as well um, in the first song on the end credits I think You've literally got a lot of top-notch people working on the crew as well, though. Even like the effects guys, because I saw Rick Baker down there as, as an effects guy mm-hmm. um, for makeup. Uh, John Dykstra, who did a lot of uh, visual effects, you know, mm. he's in there. Sat in the jacuzzi with John Dykstra, yeah. And obviously the, the big cast names, Nicole Kidman came in, and yes. fucking hell, man! Oh, literally, because I rewatched this one not that long ago, and she annoyed the hell out of me because. All she does is hit on Batman. She's, yeah, <laughs> she's really literally from her yeah. opening lines, like hard entrance, and I'm like, "What the fuck did you just say? You're supposed to be a doctor working a crime scene?" <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually didn't mind that. You know, you know what? I'm not a Kidman fan, right? I'm not a Kidman fan, but but if I had to think of one film where I did actually think, "Wow, actually, yeah, she's kind of hot," it's this movie. Weirdly, I, I actually quite Ugh. quite dug her, and, and and still do. Weirdly, watching it recently. Yeah. We've had this discussion. You like the blondes and I don't. <laughs> I don't. I'll tell you what, though. I've never been a big fan of... I saw a film that she'd done around about this time there called To Die For, which yes, is I've brilliant. That, yeah. I've got, yeah, yeah, she's wonderful in that. And since then, I've not liked her until literally this year, 2013, in two films, Paperboy and Stoker. And she's she's terrific in both of them. So Did she you is see good Malice? Actress. Was it Malice she was in? Oh, God, I went and saw that. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, that was before this. Yeah, yeah with uh, Bill Pullman and Alec Baldwin. That's right, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was one of the first films that I saw at college. Right. Because right. um, you know, when I went to college, that's when I started hitting the cinema big time. Yeah. And that was one of the first films that I saw in 94. Yeah. Mm. God, that takes me back. <laughs> well, I thought she was cool. She was okay. And, and I've never really liked her in anything, you know, mm. much before or since. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly in a sort of hot chick kind of way. Um, but yeah, I thought she was good. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's the villains I don't like in this movie, actually. Weirdly. Yeah. But uh, as much as Jim Carrey annoys the hell out of me, and I'm sure we'll go into detail as we go along, Tommy Lee Jones is the one that I fucking can't stand. Yeah, it's awful. Because he's just, he's just laughing and giggling. And I know it's because he had no idea what to do with the character. Apparently it was one of those cases of my son said I should do it. Or I did it for my kid kind of thing. Yeah. Which I always hate. Whenever you see an actor of a, getting to a certain age and then doing kids' movies, you're like, oh my God, they're doing it for, so their kids will look at them and look up to them. Yeah. And, and I hate that because the films usually end up being fucking terrible. Yeah, he's just way over the top. But I mean, a lot of it is that, can you just blame the actors though? Can you also blame the, uh, Joel Schumacher for the way he directed it? Because it's all right away. It's grand camp. It's zoom-ins you know when they're not needed it's bright lights big city you know you, you look at the background of the city and the windows of apartment blocks all have different coloured lights in them like everyone's got different coloured light bulbs in their apartments yeah. and it's just insane it's just it's just absolutely insane but the but then I also blame the script and the script writers because the dialogue is is just ultra cheesy and ultra on the nose. You know, what was it we were moaning about when I said I hated a, a film that's literally just explaining things as they happen? Yeah. This was recently. Anyway, this does that. In that opening scene where you've got Batman going up against Two-Face uh, in this safe yes. that he's trying to rob, and he manages to trap Batman and a security guard in this safe that's then attached to a cable and it gets dragged outside by a helicopter, right? Yeah. And, and in this safe, this acid starts to come out, and this annoying sodding extra so someone's annoying. fucking someone's fucking cousin playing the super, uh, security guard is literally shouting everything out that's happening oh my god it's boiling acid hey that's my hearing aid you know and because he pinches his hearing aid yeah and everything just being told to you and it's just like oh it's so annoying yeah he's doing a Rob Schneider isn't he I mean, he's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 but the other thing that annoys me uh, that's going on at this time that I've not mentioned yet is the music score I hate this new music score it stands out it's memorable but I hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, this, the, the blaring horn noises that you hear over the, the new theme at the beginning of both this and Batman and Robin just makes me want to hit something. Mm. But thank God I find the remote and turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot Goldenthal, yeah. who I'd only known from one other film previous to this, the year before he did work on Interview with a Vampire. Right. And there was the odd moment in that where the horns started to go, but I'm not a fan. I've, I've heard some of his other work and he's actually quite good. So he's not a bad composer. He just I just didn't like the route that you took with these films. Mm. Ben, your thoughts on the music or, <laughs> or anything else? Um, yeah, no. I mean, I I quite like the th- in terms of the music. I quite like the the the, the, the main fanfare theme, sort of the, the the theme that is the most kind of memorable part from from it. Um, no, I didn't like the way it's kind of constantly, you know, especially in the sort of last, you know. Uh, the third act, you know, it's kind of like, oh, you know, it's just a constant, <laughs> I mean, blaring horns and, and yeah. you know, oh, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's so bad because there's no, you hardly any dialogue in that, that whole last sort of, you know, rescue effort. And, yeah, um, it's, yeah it, it did get slightly wearing the, um, uh, the music. But then the film by that point is, wearing as well <laughs> you know uh, in fact it's for me the weird weirdly i mean i give this film a, a a greater pass than i thought i i did if you see what i mean um yeah i i actually think that you know it's it's kind of you know it is obvious to to lump it together with with batman and robin rather than put it together with with the 
Burton too. You know, it, it is obvious yeah. to do that, but I think it's it's a little unfair to do that as well because they're definitely not in the same league. And I think there's no. quite a lot to actually like about Batman Forever. But and I still enjoy, I was I still enjoy it. I still enjoy watching it, but I don't like Tommy Lee Jones, and I don't like and I, and I, I don't like Jim Carrey. In it. And I think what Tommy Lee's doing is he's trying to keep up with Carrey. He's like he's got this guy. Yeah, you know, that's right. He's doing all this. Vamping all this stuff that he does you know and he's thinking what can I bloody do to kind of compete with this so I'm going to kind of shout a lot and fire my gun and laugh month the night that's and, right you know. speaking of firing his gun I believe that's some of the loudest sounds that you, uh, any cinema had heard I think the sound on that was supposed to be ramped right up because <laughs> I remember watching it in the cinema with uh, friends at college and being like fucking hell this film's loud yeah yeah. I've got a note about the fashion lady the TV fashion lady oh look ladies it's Bruce Wayne I think that's Bob Kane's wife. Uh, I think you're right, yeah. I think it is. And she's annoying in this, and she's really annoying in the next one. Oh, she's very annoying in the next one. But I didn't oh, mind her in this one Lord. so much. But but I, I actually quite... Uh, I, that whole... See, the, the thing... One of the things that, I, again, I give this movie such a pass on uh, mm. with the comedy is... Like scenes like that where you've got lines like "I'll get drive through." <laughs> <laughs> no, when you've got scenes like you know, like the dinner dance, you know, the 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 thing where where they're all in their, their dinner jackets and tux, or tuxes mm. or whatever, and and you know, Edward Nigma is there and he's and he's dre- he's dressed as as Bruce Wayne and he's even got the the beauty spot you know that Kilmer's got on. That's his, right. Uh, See, yeah, it's the Superman three of the series. It's the it, evil twin, <laughs> <laughs> and and you know I think and it's actually that's actually fun. I like that, and and I, I liked mm. the whole you know your entrance was good, his was better, you know all that <laughs> stuff. I mean, you know, I I, I think the movie, um, you know, it strikes its balance with with the kind of the cut like the color and the the noise and the campiness and and all that. It it's. You know, a little too much in places, and I would would want it to to ramp back. You know, I don't really enjoy seeing the this sort of crazy looking new Batmobile going up the side of a building. You know, there's oh, a lot God, of stuff yeah. that I don't like about it, and it's particularly the two villains. But but I can definitely watch this movie and enjoy it. It falls down on the serious side of things. I mean, it tries to get serious about Bruce's past again by showing these bloody annoying and boring flashbacks. Mm. And I thought there were points. I was like, why are we going down this route again? And it's kind of so he's got someone to... So he can murder to the psychiatrist. But yeah. the first scene he goes to see her, it's, it's because he's getting hate mail from the Riddler. Mm-hmm. And she takes one look at it, reads both, both of them out, and just says, the guy's a nutter. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God. But I mean, they could have mined the, the relationships much better. I mean, you look at the way... I mean, you, you were just talking about the way that uh, Jim Carrey's character was literally aping Bruce Wayne in that scene because yeah. he, although he hates him, he secretly wants to be him. The, the first thing that they have together when Wayne dismisses Edward, his work, it's not because he thinks it's crap and it's certainly not because the guy's in a hurry to get an answer. It's because the bat signal's up in the sky mm-hmm. and he's got to go to work, so he's got to get away from this. So he, he tries to give the guy, right, give me some schematics and then I'll, I'll have a look at it. But it's yeah. only because Carrey's character then says... You know, no, I need an answer now. Yeah, and because he's thinking, me, he's not yeah. thinking as Bruce Wayne, he's thinking as Batman, I've got to get out there and work, that he dismisses him. So I thought that was an interesting touch. Mm. But it, from there onwards, it just goes the root of comedy. Oh my God, what did you think about the scene when he becomes the Riddler? When, when, when he murders his boss? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's all... It, you know where the movie is heading once, you know, as soon as you, you, you get into uh, Jim Carrey, as soon as he's there... 
you know where it's where it's going to go. Yeah. Um, I mean, you'd already had the the opening thing with Two Face and the and the safe and all that, and, yeah. and the dumb thing getting the safe back into its. But, you know, oh. I mean, there's all that. Right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know, you already, and, and of course, the super annoying security guard and everything. You, you, you already yes. kind of know where, where we're going. But as soon as you've got yeah. that, that whole scene with the sort of the, the crazy helmets and, you know, headgear and, and all that stuff, and um, and his performance dials in straight away, it's it's like, okay, yeah, we're, we're in comedy territory. And um, yeah, and, and watching it again, I'm definitely. Yeah, you know, I, I start losing the will to live whenever those two guys are on. You know, um, <laughs> and I much prefer the the stuff with uh, with Bruce Wayne and, and Chase Meridian, and, and and even the stuff with with um, with Robin. You know, with um, yeah, uh, Dick Grayson. Yeah, yeah. No, he's fine. Yeah, he's, fine. Cry, I, he's really annoying in the next one, but he's not so bad yeah. in this one. You know, I tell you what, I did find <laughs> funny though. Uh, uh, in this watching it again was you know the the scene where um where he uh he does his washing in front of Alfred yeah and he does all this you know supposedly really impressive kung fu <laughs> this stuff with you know does it and, and he's sort of you know rinsing things out through his toes and you know wrapping them up and uh to a jamming guitar soundtrack yeah 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 <laughs> and uh you know at the end of it he kind of winks at, at, at Alfred yeah. you know how cool am Boy, I and I'm thinking yeah. man that was the most unimpressive load of crap I've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm so glad you said that I've got a note here going Ben is going to mention the washing up yeah it's terrible <laughs> uh, yeah although at oh, least he does do a little bit of mopping up at the end which is uh, well exactly otherwise I'd be yeah. out I'd be out like you fucking floor <laughs> <laughs> Go back to the Riddler quickly. Uh-huh. Uh, another thing I've got, you know, when he's sitting there making his uh, decision about what costume he's going to wear, that's the dumbest scene. It makes no sense because one, he already has a fetish for the costume. Yeah. Two, he already has a fetish for the green and the question marks because he's already left riddles on Bruce Wayne's desk at work and outside his gate at home. Yeah. So I'm like, why is he? Why, why is he thinking about one the name because he's like you know Quizman or fucking whatever yeah. um, and the costume I'm like surely by now doesn't this scene shouldn't this scene be earlier on in the movie yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> maybe and they did film it dancing to be around the most obvious name for himself as well <clears throat> I like when he when he introduced himself to Two Face he's like you can call me the Riddler I was like is that a commentary on you can call me the Joker from the first one yeah maybe mm. Mm. what about sugar and spice. Ah, uh, well, I was a you know, I, I was a I was a Drew Barrymore fan, and she does look rather lovely in this. I have to say, I'm not a Drew Barrymore Drew Barrymore fan, and I do not think she looks lovely. <laughs> but I don't like the the dark haired girl either. No, she's uh, not. Debbie Mazer. I don't think she's a very pretty girl. No, she's kind of weird looking. <laughs> no, they were going to call them something else, weren't they? It wasn't going to be sugar and spice. It was going to be something a little bit more seedy originally, and they thought, oh, really? no, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. What's going on with Carrie's wig? Why has he got a ginger wig on sometimes and then his normal Bruce Wayne hair the rest of the time? I have no idea. It's one of those... Because it keeps going from, like, flat top and then at the end it's got that weird curly, shapey thing going on. Oh, at the end they all get their new costumes, don't they? I mean, they all get their sort of lovely... Going Bad guys and all. Yeah, I know. Uh, <clears throat> yes, and a nice close-up of the bat butt. <laughs> oh, yeah, and they do that three times, four times in the next one. Yeah. Mm. Tell you what, though, when they have the mansion attack, mm-hmm. um, I did put a note down that Carrie actually manages to do a really good riddle laugh when he blows the place up and he twirls his stick. I was like, oh, that's a little bit Frank Gorshin. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually quite like the, the one thing that I 
don't mind about him is that scene where he's popping the little explosives everywhere as well. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. And dancing around and, the, you know. Does the baseball thing at the end. Yeah, and doing his thing. <laughs> yeah, th- that kind of, that's all right. It's, um, it's. I think any time the volume goes up to 11 and he's shouting and doing his, you know, that shit. Yeah, and, and going, ha-ha, at the yeah, end of every and sentence. and Tommy Lee's kind of trying to keep up with him. I'm just kind of like, oh, God. Yeah. Piss off. Now you you like the you're into your fighters. Yeah. Uh, Mark Dacascos, do you know him? I do. He's in this. Was he really? He's the, he's the he apparently he is the Dayglow fighter that Dick Grayson goes up against when he pinches the bat car, the Batmobile um, even. Uh, when right. he gets out, the guy with all the makeup on. There you go. Yeah. Mm. Cascos, yeah. yeah, indeed. Yeah. When it gets towards the end, though, it's literally ran away with itself, and then you've got the the holy grated metal Batman fucking hell yes that's um, yes I mean you, yes holy holy rusted metal Batman that's it uh, yeah this metal it's rusted it's got holding oh okay oh, God, <laughs> fuck off <laughs> yeah it is it is definitely that 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 back heart, you know, back third of the movie is where most of the crimes are, are committed for me you know in terms of that um, <laughs> I've also written down that Chase Meridian is a bit of a cock tease because she's interested in Batman and the moment she gets Batman she rejects him for Bruce Wayne. <laughs> she does, yeah. Well, yeah. Now, if you watch that yeah. scene where he comes she's to like, the window... Meet me, meet me at midnight and, she, and, she, yeah. and he turns up and she's like, I actually don't like you no more. <laughs> yeah, and she, yeah the, which, that scene where she blows him out and, and, and he... You know, now, you you got to watch that scene and imagine that Batman isn't Bruce Wayne as well and just think, yeah. <laughs> that's so harsh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm in love with someone else. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. not you. <laughs> Never mind. He's really ungrateful about being rescued because I remember when Robin rescues him. Yeah. When he ends up in that, all that rubble, yeah. Robin pulls him out. It, it literally cuts through Bruce Wayne chewing him out in the Batcave. Yeah, it does. He's like, what the hell? You're out of control. Shut what the hell off. are you doing? And yeah. it's And it's like... He just fucking one. He wasn't even, Robin wasn't even involved in the action. He just basically showed up to pull him out of the ground. Yeah. And suddenly he's been bollocked for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, oh, well. but doesn't he cut a dash in the not Robin? Doesn't he cut a dash in the bat suit? I think that you know the man's six foot. I think it worked a lot better. Um, yes. I'm not sure yeah, about I the nipples I and all that, but you know, no, I just don't like Val Kilmer's pouty lips. He doesn't got he hasn't got the right lips. Yeah. They, they look like they're almost about to whistle. <laughs> but yeah, the outfits are yes, yeah, nice and shiny. Yeah, very shiny and sleek, and uh, I think it was probably uh, uh, you know we, we, what with the added height and and stature, you know, the added stature of, of Kilmar, I think it, it worked the best uh, <laughs> of those those movies. You know, I've got one Tommy Lee Jones moment that I quite liked, although I, I shouldn't because it's him cackling like a fucking moron again. It's in the yeah. mansion attack yeah. because he's got this thing about the coin where he won't kill someone unless he flips it onto the right side That's of the coin. Right, yeah. So as as Bruce Wayne and Chase Meridian are fighting off all these thugs, he's basically nonchalant, very sitting back, flipping his coin every now and again, and sort of going hmm, when it comes up, you know, the, the wrong the answer he doesn't want. Yeah. Until he finally gets it the way he wants, and he just sort of laughs wildly and then shoots him. For some reason, that always makes me chuckle. Mm. Don't know why. <laughs> the Riddler's riddles are really dumb, but I guess that's another callback to the uh, the nineties. Uh, sorry, not the nineties, the sixties, because they were all dumb anyway. Yeah. But I don't like the way that Alfred and uh, Bruce Wayne figure them out because they basically got these numbers, and then just randomly they go, maybe it's letters of the alphabet, <laughs> and then just as randomly they go, well, maybe those numbers aren't meant to be like that. Maybe these two are supposed to be joined together. So instead of one and eight, it's eighteen. 
which then leads them to the answer of uh, you know mystery. Yes. Um, and I'm just sitting there going, really? Yeah, they are. Bit, <laughs> yeah. 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 And I also don't like Commissioner Gordon cheering like a fucking Burke when uh, they're on their way to that island to face off. He's like, yay! And he's like shaking hands with his colleagues. And I'm like, do some fucking work! Yes. <laughs> the bloody so, turn yeah, a light on and go home. Put, put the coffee on because Batman's on the, <laughs> on the case. Yeah. But So, yep, down goes another Batwing <laughs> with a yeah. ray of light. Yes. <laughs> and the Batboats. Yeah, and they don't even kill the henchmen. They just sort of round them up and catch them in a net. And uh, you know the bad guys don't go. Well, uh, yeah, I don't like the way they take care of the bad guys. It's really anticlimactic the way they deal with the Riddler, and then the way they deal with Harvey is because I was just watching it going. I know they're not going to kill him, and it's by his own accord that he falls. Yeah, yeah. So I came out very just disenchanted and what the hell was that and annoyed so I spent the next couple of weeks slagging it off my friends until it came out on video when I bought it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Did you notice also when when uh, when he's uh, when Robin's uh, looking for his name he mentions Nightwing oh yeah, yeah that's a nice drop though yeah, <laughs> yeah I like that that's a nice little drop in there yeah. what's sure about Bat Boy though Bat Boy yeah Bat Boy Nightwing whatever <laughs> Batty <Yeah>. Boy it's <laughs> <laughs> just seriously over designed even the bad guys booby traps are, 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 are over designed when they fall into that pit at the end it's got you know the the, uh, the Riddler question marks everywhere you know Batman's actually using them to climb up isn't he when he first yeah. gets there yeah Seriously overdesigned and ends with a seriously gay, no offence to anyone out there, end shot of them running together, almost holding hands with the backlight behind them. Oh, I didn't mind that. That's all right. Yeah, <laughs> only because they repeat it at the end of the next one with Fat Girl as well. I, I, I didn't mind that only because you, you got the U2 song underneath it, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, do you like the U2 song on this? Yeah. What is it? Hold, hold, hold me, thrill me, kiss me, kill me. Kill me. Yeah, it's a great Did I get that right? Yeah, it's Fantastic. Great. Yeah. Yeah, good. Um, Excellent. Did you say that was was it just those two, or are there other songs as well? Uh, well, when I we spoke Smack- about it the other day, I, I had this weird kind of confluence of, of memory and uh, or whatever you want to call it, and I was I was like I mentioned Smashing Pumpkins as well, but that's actually the next one. That's the next one, yeah. For them, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's rate this one and get on to the next mm-hmm. one. So this one, I am going to be nice and give it a two. Uh-huh. Maybe two and a half on a good day, but I think two. I'm going to be extra nice and give it a three. Fucking hell! Mm-hmm. Wow. I can watch this movie. You know, I, I, you know, now I, that you've said that, yeah. what's better, one or three? I think weirdly today. Uh, today, <laughs> I think you know, in a weird way, this is more watchable because you're not thinking the whole time that it's so dated and everything's so kind of, you know, little models here and little models yeah. there. And, you know, it, uh, yeah, weirdly. But that's a very, that, I, that's an understandably odd thing to say and I'm very aware that it's odd. Because no, I, you, you, I probably said something just as odd when I started upping Superman 3. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what are you, insane? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, there you go. That's that one. Tonight's forecast. A freeze is coming.
Two years later, Batman and Robin, pretty much the same people back. Yeah. Returning writer, Akiva Goldsman, who I blame much more than I ever will Joel Schumacher for these two films. This one in particular, I fucking hate this writer. He also wrote Lost in Space. Brilliant. The movie. Yes. Nice. I hate this guy. But to be fair to him, he has done a couple of films that I have liked. With Joel Schumacher, he actually did the screenplays for The Client and Time to Kill, the two Grisham novels. Right anyway, by this point, I was a big fan of the animated TV series, uh-huh. Batman the Animated Series. But I watched it on Saturday mornings because I used to work a, a, a day job on Saturdays. And I was uh, in a position to be able to watch TV whenever I liked. So I would have the morning cartoons on and Batman would come on every week. Awesome. So I got right into this. And I was particularly impressed, not just with the Art Deco look of it but with the fact that they had a very Patrick Stewart-looking Mr. Freeze. Have you seen the animated series? Yeah, you... I haven't seen much of it. Oh, I've seen you... some of it, but, but I need to. I need to get you a link, even if it's just a one cartoon with Mr. Freeze called Heart of Ice. Mm-hmm. Kevin Smith goes on about this one a lot as well. It's like 22 minutes of your life that you is well spent, trust me. Right. And it's the introduction to the character and the way that it's voiced, the way that it's used... It's almost like it's the tragic villain that Batman will ever get, the most tragic, and it's voiced beautifully by this guy. And then they cast fucking Schwarzenegger for the movie. <laughs> yeah. With all of these horrible, horrible, horrible lines, which I'm, I don't want to quote, because I'm sure everyone knows them, but oh my God, what the fuck were they thinking? Yeah. But, you know, even even when I, beforehand, when I saw the design of it, I was like, well, it's going to be kind of like the, the, uh, the third one, so it'll be... A bit camp, but hopefully a bit fun as well. And oh dear lord! And then Uma Thurman, who's even worse, in my opinion. Yeah, I think she's. The, Are you I an Uma fan? Generally, I I'm not an Uma hater. I'm a Kill Bill hater, uh-huh. really? and I'm a Pulp Fiction hater. Oh my God. But I do like her and other things like Mad Dog and Glory. Uh, and a few other uh, sort of choice films, but she's done a lot of shit. I don't like the Tarantino stuff. I'm, I know I'm in a minority there, but tough Maybe shit. So. <laughs> I, I am just, uh, I'm just not a fan of her in those films. Mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm just not a fan of those films. Paycheck as well. She was terrible in, but I mean that film. Uh, I don't think anybody did good work on that film. Yeah. Paycheck, but and this, this is easily her worst. And that's saying something because Avengers is almost as bad as this. If you've ever seen the Avengers, oh, film that she I, was in. I couldn't bear it. I, I switched it off. I have not seen the whole of that movie to this day. It's on the same level of camp as this, the performance, but this performance just about tips it. This is her worst performance, I think, but this is also the the worst performance in a Batman film, I think. And considering what we just said about Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones and what I just how I just introduced Arnold, that's saying something. She is despicable from start to end. Yeah, she is. The only person that comes close to being as bad as her is the guy that she kills at the beginning, John Glover's mad scientist. Because he's ramping it right up as well. Yes, but thankfully he's dead quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The less said about Bane, the better. Fat Bane, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeep Swenson, uh, Swenson or something, the, mm. the the actor, who's sadly no longer with us. I, uh, I, I, yeah, I put a line of dialogue up on Facebook earlier that, that when I was watching it that just summed it up for me in, in terms of that that whole thing which was uh, mm. uh, what was it it was her in the car with him and it was uh, you know to the to, to, to the observatory Bane and step on it 
Oh and he goes, grrr, step. <laughs> oh, my God. You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'd actually seen this actor about the same time in another film. He was in an Adam Sander, Damon Wayans action comedy called Bulletproof, mm-hmm. where he played the henchman to James Caan. Right. Anyway, yeah, so that was, it, it, it did better work in that film as, as a henchman yeah. as opposed to here. So, yeah, so no Patrick Stewart, uh, Schwarzenegger instead doing all these horrible lines. That opening sequence, that elongated horrible sequence with the, 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 the day glow ice everywhere, mm-hmm. um, it's what's that line he says when he's about to exit? He's like, What killed the dinosaurs? The ice age. And then he shoots this big dinosaur with his ray gun. Yeah. Is 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 freeze gun, gun, should I say? So that it then crumbles the dinosaur and then falls on top of the heroes, right? Why don't you just fucking point the gun at them and shoot them instead? Yeah, you you just can't analyse this film like that, man. Because if you do, you will be analysing every single line and scene and everything because it is. I know, and and thank God that I didn't get past that scene on the rewatch because I ran out of time basically. But I was literally just sitting there, just shouting, going, "Why isn't he just shooting them? Why why are they doing this? Why are that dumb manoeuvre? Why this dumb dumb shot? Why is George Clooney just playing George Clooney?" Yeah. As he does, because he doesn't play Bruce Wayne or Batman, he just plays George Clooney. Yeah. Um, and as you say, Chris O'Donnell's a little bit more annoying. You get dumb stuff like the what is it, the Batman credit card. Oh, yeah. Don't You've got fucking Mister yeah. Mr. Freeze conducting a sing-along Mister Snow song yeah. in in his cave, which is just beyond ridiculous. And they got Batman with who's he dating in this one? El McPherson. El McPherson, yeah. Who's another dating, fucking yeah. blonde? Great. Yeah, doing terrible acting to the point where Bruce Wayne is just distracted with images of poison ivy in his head. Yeah, I love that scene. That's great because because <laughs> I did skip forward to that and I saw that bit and I was like, oh, because he's because they both uh, fall for her, don't they? Yes. Well, yes. <laughs> and, yes. And you've literally got this scene of Bruce Wayne sitting down with his girlfriend. She's trying to be all, hey, I want to take it to the next level, and he's like, whatever. Yeah. And he's looking off in the distance at this. Uh, poison ivy that he's seeing in his head and mm-hmm. literally the next scene is Robin looking her up on the internet <laughs> this film was an 18 it could have been you know could yeah. have been like spanking away <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh dear oh, yeah and then there's fat girl who oh. is no good you like Alicia Silverstone don't you no <laughs> oh thank god for that no I'm not a fan have you seen the film Crush uh no the Crush, should I say, with Carrie Elwes and Lisa Silverstone. Oh no, I have seen that. Yeah, no, 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 I have seen it's, that. It's got one of my favourite all-time punches ever in a, in a film, delivered by Carrie Elwes onto Lisa Silverstone's face. Ah, that's that's not a that's not a very uh, nice thing to say about a lady, Stephen. But oh boy, is it deserved. <laughs> <laughs> is it as good as the one Eastwood delivers at the end of Play Misty for Me? <laughs> Uh, no, 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 no. But but it's a but it's a callback to that. Yeah. It's totally a callback to that because it's about getting rid of a stalker. Yeah, weird. And the punch that is landed does send her flying across the room. Oh, but Eastwood's yeah. one's even better because it sends a woman off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, and uh, Alfred's ill in this one, isn't he? Oh, yeah, Alfred's ill and get some some magic pills at the end so he'd be all better. Batman and Robin aren't getting on and. Uh, yeah. The What's the? Uh, do you know what the? You know when she does the monkey dance. Which yeah. is in the gorilla costume, yeah. uh, Poison Ivy. Yeah. What's that taken from? It's taken from an old black and white film. Oh God knows. It's one of these actresses, like you know Rita Hayworth or something like that. One of the, one of those lot. Well, her whole uh, style, del- delivery style, is some kind of something like that, isn't it? I know, I noticed that watching it recently. You know, her yeah, her kind of that weird sort of cadence that she has in her. You know, the thing, you know, the shtick that she's doing as Poison Ivy is yeah. is something like that. 
Like it's, you know, like, you know. Oh, it was de- obviously deliberately modelled on that. Yeah. That's why she has even less of an excuse for what she did in the Avengers film because she's doing a very similar thing. Mm. So, you know, yeah, so, you know, to be fair, they knew the style of film they were making and she picked a performance that she thought matched it. Sadly, they were just both like, <laughs> well, not good. Not good. <laughs> no. Not good. And weirdly, the, the funny thing is, right, I mean, you know, the casting, I mean, I didn't... I actually didn't mind the casting of, of Arnold as Mr. Freeze because I had no previous investment in, in, in Mr. Freeze. I had no idea, you know, didn't, yeah. wasn't you know, reading comics or watching animated series, so it didn't bother me. Um, what, you know, his, his thing bothered me once he shows up in the movie and, and it's all, you know, <laughs> ice to see you and I break the ice and blah, 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 right? And, and, and just being, you know... Doesn't say I'll be back though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but the, but the, the, the most amazing thing about this movie is that everyone is so bad in it that he's Mm. actually he comes out on top he comes out smelling pretty good because everyone else is so bad I don't know if he comes out smelling pretty good, but I get what you mean. You know I what, think do you know right. what I mean? Yeah, he, I mean, he's, he's the best thing. Uh, well, the best God is the, he is because there's even, a couple of moments, especially when he's you know more in, in that the, the sort of reflective because you know he's not a villain in the in the same sense that, that you know. I know what you're going to say, yeah, the moment when he's uh, watching the uh, the video, the wedding video of him and his yeah, wife, the, uh, and he's looking sad. And 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 there's some a couple of bits at the end I remember although I didn't get that far I had to turn it off in the end but uh, <laughs> you know there, there there's a few you know he has a, a a couple of morsels of redeeming qualities um, yeah. which are completely absent from the other four main now you see movies. I'd be tempted to give him half a point mm. for that scene but mm. it's interrupted well he's interrupted. Yes, by is. one of his henchmen yeah. and then he shoots him with the gun he goes I hate it when people talk doing the movie yeah. <laughs> and right, I'm yeah. just like oh my god you just destroyed what could have been a nice a proper because that is what the character is about it's yeah. about pining for his dead well his wife his who's wife in suspended is, animation yeah. mm-hmm. who's got this illness that is totally what it's about and that's when you if you watch this animated cartoon you totally get that yeah. and it's done perfectly right whereas here it was completely wasted did you spot Jesse Ventura? Yes, I did. Yes, a security guard. Yeah, and the guy, the, the other dude next to him was the uh, the other security guard was uh, he was in Gladiator, wasn't he? And and uh, various. Uh, uh, oh, is it Rolf Muller? Yeah, yeah. Oh right. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, you knew. I tell you what, you know the thing that where it, it, it is immediately, you know, this is the first scene. It's the first scene. With, with Arnold trying to nick the, that giant diamond, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's Batman and Robin um, arriving, and uh, you know they've got skates built into their boots. Oh my god! <laughs> and you're like, oh my right. god! And it, and 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 that's where you start, and the movie then continues with with that horrible, most horrible of tropes, which is that idea of whatever you need to be able to do, they've got a yeah. gadget that can do it. You know. So whatever There's you no need to anti-shock do, anti-shock repellent spray. Yeah, though. yeah, it, yeah. It's you know, it's what, what is it? Oh, I'm I'm tied. I'm with ice here. Okay. Hey, I've got a little thing that sort of melts. Yeah, ice. that's right. You know, and now, what have we got here? Oh, okay, I can do that. And yeah, yeah, right. Surfing the doors. Mm. Yeah, oh my god. Driving the Batmobile down the statue. Mm. Yep. Those ridiculous-looking statues of surrounding the city. Yeah, because and of course, this being '97, <laughs> we're talking. There's there's a there's a proliferation of um, you know CG 
um, architecture and, 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 and stuff like that, and it's, it's not great. It's not great. Giant Batmobile with one seat. Yeah. <laughs> You'd think there'd be two seats. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that guy is. No, no, Robin, I'm, I'm going to have this huge 30-foot-long machine, and it's all mine. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, yeah, Robin uh, kind of wimps out. He doesn't do, do much business at all towards no. the end. You know, all right, he suckers a uh, poison ivy, but he, he doesn't fight. He, she then takes advantage of him in fisticuffs. Yeah, he needs Batgirl to bloody bail him out. And she bails him out in the fight with Bane because, you know, I actually read the comic, uh, the, the, you know, the comic they made of the film before the film came out. And in the comic, when the, uh, Bane ends up grabbing the both of them, mm. it's it's Robin who's rent, meant to reach over and grab the, the the pipes sticking out the back of his head and then rip them free. And that's what defeats him. Whereas in the film, even Chris O'Donnell isn't man enough to get his leg up high enough to do that. It's um, Alicia Silverstone that does it again. Uh-huh. So he's getting bailed out by Fat Girl again. God. Oh, my God. And the bike race that they have together is just terrible. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. It's all terrible. Yeah, I'm running... I don't. Uh, I don't have any. I don't know if there's a good thing to say about this film, Ben. You know what that means. <laughs> but do you have any anything redeeming? Because I... even that scene that you mentioned with Freeze, I'm like, eh. But it got fucked over by the way it ended. <laughs> yeah. I. You know what? I. I'm in in good conscience. I. 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 I yeah. No. No. Bugger it. Just. Just do it. It's a zero. Oh, well, we can't even <laughs> seem to find a half star in this anywhere. And I'm just looking at the performances, and it is. The guy that played Bane, terrible. The guy that played the Nutty Doctor, terrible. El McPherson, fucking terrible. Uma. Pat Hingle. Even James Gordon was camping over the top. It's all bad. Because when he gets seduced by Poison Ivy, his acting is terrible. Yeah, Michael Goff isn't any good. Lisa Silverstone is terrible. Uma is just the worst. Chris O'Donnell's annoying. George Clooney's just playing himself. And yeah, it's pretty damn bad. So it's... I think we have ourselves a brand new Zero Star Award winner. Yeah. I, you know, on the most amazing of days, I could probably give it half a star for, for that, for just for Arnold. <laughs> but no, I don't think I can today. <laughs> I'm not Excellent. going to. Well, there we go. Uh, another Zero Star Award. But you know what? We may well have to double whammy the, the Zero Star because I'm going to pit another one to Ben oh. to see if he wants to agree with this. Right. So we're going to do a little side review quickly because there's no way I'm doing a podcast dedicated straight to it uh-huh. of the Catwoman movie. Oh, yes. <laughs> I did actually mean to segue onto here with uh, after Batman Returns, but fuck it, we're doing it at the end. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, why not? Catwoman, did you go see that one at the cinema? <laughs> I did actually go and see this at the cinema. Yeah, I did. You paid um, money to go see this. I didn't oh. pay money, strictly speaking, because I uh, had <laughs> it a. Sneaked uh, in. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I had my. Uh, uh, I had my. Uh, whatever it was, in, what was it, 2004? We've been UGC. Oh, like a UGC unlimited card. I had card. my unlimited card, so I just went. Sorry. Yeah. Basically, I had some time to kill. Um, and um, uh, my, my wife was out on the Raz, and I was you know, had some time to kill, so I went and saw the movie. And I, I literally got a phone call um, two thirds in. It kind of like the idea of the image of you sneaking past the usher and not paying. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I literally got I literally got a phone call two thirds into the movie saying that uh, you know I needed to come. Turn your bloody phone off during the film. Yeah, it it, it, it rang, and I was I had to go. So I, and I was it was like. Oh, thank God for that! I can I can actually <laughs> legitimately walk out of this shit thing. Um, oh wow! You, 
You actually walked out yeah, of I it? Yeah, I did, yeah. I, I left. Fantastic. Yeah. So have you not seen it all the way through then? I have. I did subsequently, uh, many years later, see it uh, all the way through and, and wished I hadn't bothered. But um, I've seen it twice. Uh, the first time, I I knew what was coming though. That's the weird thing. Mm. Is It's because they unveiled the costume beforehand and I literally just pointed and went, what the fuck is that? Yeah, what is that? She had the double whabby this year of literally Catwoman and Gothica. Both really terrible movies, but this one just took the... Yeah. And what's with all the, the hip-hop and the, the girl power music and Benjamin Bratt just being fucking useless mm. and Sharon Stone Sharon Stone v- vamping it up yeah it's just terrible I mean what's the first thing she does is cat women oh that's right she runs across and deals with a noisy neighbour <laughs> <laughs> god but it's, it's you remember all the, all the all the rooftop shots of her whether she's doing that that walking you mm-hmm. know in time yeah kind of walk yeah the backgrounds are the Worst looking CG that I've seen in a long time. And I don't know if you remember do, it, but do you, this, remember, the, do you remember the scene also in in Batman Returns where Selina has dropped to the floor to her death, mm. and the cats, real cats, uh, yep. come come along and start nibbling her fingers and sort of right. nibble her back to life. Well, yep. that equivalent scene in Catwoman with the <laughs> CG cats, which is so oh bad, it's unbelievable. And you're like watching it, and you think, really? They couldn't just get some freaking cats in, you know? I oh, know. I mean, I oh, know it's oh. it, but it is. It, it but it kind of mirrors, as I said earlier on, about what uh, where Tim Burton's career went, where he just dropped practical and went for CG. Yeah. And it just doesn't work. It yeah. it never fucking works. I mean, all right, some practical effects you can tell are fake, but it doesn't take you out of a film necessarily, unless it's done bad. Mm. It's awful. Done badly. It is awful. Who was the director of this? It was a French guy who had worked. He was part of um, Jean Pierre Junet's team, mm. who worked on the, his films, uh, including the the first American film he did, which was um, Alien Resurrection. Who was the director? Pitoff. Pitoff, yes, yeah, he definitely worked on Alien Resurrection. He was definitely part of his team and just did a piss poor job. But, and again, annoying soundtrack, annoying characters, annoying actors, annoying everything. So, yep, I'm I'm throwing that in there for the Zero Star Award as well, unless you have anything redeeming about it to tell us. No, nothing. It is is a steaming pile of crap. It's rubbish. I was actually somewhat, sort of, ever so slightly um, excited at the prospect of a Catwoman movie. It had been a long time in in the in the pipeline, you know. Mm, it was like and, right. and various people uh, had kind of come and gone as as being sort of, gonna, yep. you know. Uh, first of all, Pfeiffer was maybe going to do it, and then Annette Bening, who was up originally for it, might be doing it, and then she's too old and. You know, you just so much time goes by, blah 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 blah, and then finally, okay, we're doing it. And and yeah, the moment I saw the costume, it was like, oh shit, they've they have completely buggered this up already. I don't even have to see the film; mm. it's buggered. It's buggered. That's right. I know. And the film was terrible. And like I said, when I walked out of it, I, I was it was like, oh thank God, I can just walk out and I actually got a reason to rather than you know, yeah, 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 um, just because it's so crap. And um, w- interestingly, it has a lower score than Batman and Robin on IMDb. <laughs> no, I don't blame because yeah. it, it does. Uh, affect, it's, uh, Batman and Robin just basically gives me a headache yeah. watching it. Um, it's just a bit of an annoying headache. 
but uh, Catwoman just uh, just it insults me yeah, as an audience member. It's I mean uh, Batman and Robin is insulting as well, but at least they were they were going for something and trying it. Whereas this one, they actually thought they were being cool. And whenever, um, you've, whenever you've got a, a, a you know a baddie, you know the villain who you know you could take out with the back of your hand, yeah. you're just like, <laughs> really? Yeah. You know, I mean, and then this, and I find that insulting to to the character. You think, well, hang on a minute. You need to, you know, just because it's a, it's Catwoman, that doesn't mean you need to tailor <laughs> the villain to someone that you think some you know. Weak ass woman can do. It. I mean, it's like she's not weak. She can do it. You know, she can do the business. Give her a proper villain to to have a go. It's it's the Electra factor again. You know, it's like what's Electra doing the whole movie, M- moping around. You know, not sure of herself, and then you know, oh, yeah, I'm talking about that again. Anyway, yeah, listening to all the wrong fucking music, the pair of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's bad. It's so bad. I could I couldn't possibly even watch it again ever. <laughs> and I, and, but I did have people def- defending it at the time. I know my sister-in-law. She, really? She, she didn't think the movie was that great, but she thought Halle Berry looked fantastic in the outfit. And Wait a minute. Thing. Which sister is this? Because you've got about ten thousand of them. Oh, my sister, my sister-in-law, Kathy, my brother's wife. Okay. I remember her saying she thought she thought Halle Berry looked looked stunning in the costume, and the costume was great and everything. And I remember thinking, really, watch <laughs> Batman Returns and just no. <laughs> <laughs> you welcome to you are wrong to quote Bill Hicks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. But Bill Hicks said some class things about another Sharon Stone movie. <laughs> he, uh, did. Yeah. he did. Yeah. <laughs> Check out that on YouTube, folks, for Bill's quick capsule review. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and you can apply it to this film as well. You can. Bill's quick capsule review. Piece of shit. Yeah, zero. Stars. Well, there we there we have it. Uh, five films and two of them getting the zero star award. Oh dear. And this is this is the bat. Well, the Batman and the Batman related franchises we're talking about. Mm. We didn't do that with Superman. We came close with the fourth one, but uh, not quite. Because so so you know the Batman and Robin thing. You know, it's a franchise killer. Just buried it. That was that. Yeah. Um, until you know when. Indeed. There we go. Well, there we go. I'll be back with Chris Droney to talk about the animated stuff. But I'm I do going to check some of that out. I yeah, I do certainly encourage you to start with that episode Heart of Ice. You can probably YouTube it. Mm. Batman the Animated Series, Heart of Ice, twenty two minutes, and see if you can spot Mark Hamill's voice in there as well. Yeah, he's done yeah. that as me. Yeah. And then if you like it and if you like the style of the show, check out look up some of the Joker uh, episodes because Mark Hamill does actually play the voice of the Joker. Mm. And he is one of the best. Uh I will just say but I suppose for him the best place to start is with the movie they did uh, the uh, Mask of the Phantasm yes. which Mr Droney and I will be talking about along with a couple of other of the animated features so everybody can look forward to those over the next couple of weeks fantastic 